Yo. Yep, you're in. <laughs> All right. What's up, guys? I got a new Michigan State page here with me today to discuss the disappointing loss on Saturday and to preview Northwestern. Let's welcome yes, sir. Michigan Sports today. What's up, bro? What up? What up? All right, first, let's discuss the disappointing loss that we witnessed on Saturday. What do you have to that say was about terrible. it? <laughs> uh, I just think it really highlighted the fact that we need to start playing our most talented players and not just the people who are seniors who have been there the longest. Case in point, Julian Barnett, he needs to be starting. We put him in when we needed to play, 40-yard gain, four broken tackles. But what, we take him out right after that and the offense goes stagnant again? It just it just goes to show that like we need to we need to play our most talented players and we haven't been doing that and when we do, the offense becomes successful just like Elijah Collins. And I feel like once you start to do that and D'Antonio starts to make the right decisions and not the prideful decisions, things will start to go better. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I was gonna say like I was reading on Twitter today that D'Antonio in his press conference still hasn't still hasn't gave Elijah Collins. Hundred percent number one. Yeah, like job. when he says he played okay, that's just bull. That's just bullshit, man. Like he needs, he needs, <laughs> he needs to be like I mean, for real about it. Like Elijah Collins has literally turned the backfield around. It was terrible, and now it's actually good. And I'd like to see more Anthony Williams. I know you would as well. Exactly. Yeah, he's quick. He's got burst. There, there are two best running backs in my opinion. I, I think Ladarius Jefferson and Connor Hayward. They just aren't pure running backs. They're more of athletes that can be used anywhere but they're just not the running back material. Exactly. But let's get into, like, what, like, the hell happened, honestly. Like, I mean. Okay, we know the refs suck, but that, that, that's a part for me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. That's a part. We shouldn't have scored seven points in that game. No, because. But the thing I mean, is, we had a lot of offense. That's why I'm like, I'm like, it was the refs. It wasn't our offense. So how did we have seven points? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how we come up with seven points. I don't either. What makes, well, pisses me off and I know why is because right after we I told you this when we were at the game right after we crossed midfield the offense goes to shit yeah and like, dude if it's not if we don't have a dude I'm telling you throughout the years we have a first quarter offense we put up 21 points then the rest of the game it's 14 at max exactly but like like like, like yeah it's it and like Matt Coglin, he's 29 to 31 before that game and then he went 0 of 3 <laughs> False start I'm not, on the I mean, first I'm not one. putting it on Coughlin. He just had a bad game, honestly. Yeah, false start on the first one. That's that's coaching O-line. That, you just got to be yep. disciplined. Mm-hmm. And then the 12 men on the field, I, I can't tell you the last time we've ever had that called on us. That's just – that's just, <laughs> dude, like, if we don't do that, we're in overtime, we win the game. Like, that's just – I honestly, that. though – Refs like, don't come into this. Refs don't come into this. Dude, like, honestly, though, like, sitting there at that game, like, I, I've never seen a crazier ending. Like, that was ridiculous. Yeah, bro. It that. was crazy. Uh, all I was saying all game was put Julian Barnett in. They put him in for one play. He gets a 40-yard reception, four broken tackles. Like, like what else What yeah. else should show that he needs to be playing all game? He needs to, I, With Jalen Naylor being out, he needs to be at kick return and punt return. I don't want Stewart getting injured. We always have injuries. Nope. Julian Barnett needs to be kick that. return, punt return, and the starting third receiver. He needs to be the jet sweep man. Man, him and Larice Nelson both need to be taking the jet sweeps, while Cody White and Daryl Stewart need to be the route runners, deep balls, slants, and all that. I was just going to say that to you. What about your boy Larice Nelson? He could honestly he, return he, the kick. He, I'm telling you guys right now, for those listening to the podcast, once he starts playing more, he will give a boost to this offense that has been much needed throughout the years. I'm telling yeah. you, that man is special. He's fast, he's quick, and he can make things happen. Do you think the only reason he's not getting, like, more opportunity, I mean, you know, like, punt returns and that, do you 
is because maybe like they're not uh, trusting his hands. Yeah, is that fine? Luis Nelson a few years back, 2017 in Michigan, he dropped that punt. He recovered it, but he dropped it. And I don't know. Ever since, then, I haven't seen him back there. And like he'll come he in sporadically. Like he played a yeah, he played a lot some games like last year. But like mm-hmm. I don't know why he hasn't been in this much this year. Yeah, yeah, he dropped the punt against Michigan in 2017, but he recovered it. Oh, I thought you said that was Stewart, but um, nonetheless, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, obviously that's what I was gonna say about Chase Lucas. Perfect example. Guys. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to Arizona State defensive back Chase Lucas after the game. You know, I sent him a DM congratulating him all that. Cause he, I mean, he did run his mouth, but he backed it up and he clarified, you know, like that it got blown out of proportion and all that. But I obviously had to ask him, you know, what the hell, um, like, how are we so easy to stop and all that great stuff? And he basically told me like, they already knew what plays we were running before we ran them. Um, yeah, I mean, granted we had some like completions downfield, but like I was telling MSU sports today that right after we got to like, when we needed to get in the red zone, they already knew what we were running because we ran the same plays last year. Um, yep, exactly. D'Antonio I mean, and the coaches need to eat their pride. They need to change it up. Basically, what he told me, guys, was like they we were very predictable and they've been studying us for a while, so it was easy to read what we were doing. But um, for those of you that don't know, he was saying that we were running a lot of crossing routes, which – I mean, I know at the game, I remember us running a lot of slants and shit. You know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I just think if we're going to win and score more points, we're going to have to, we're going to have to throw more shots downfield. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, that's what it comes down to. When, when we take shots downfield, good things happen, whether that be pass interference, touchdowns, or, or whatever. Like, good things happen. When we, when, we, when we stick to these screen passes to slow running backs that, that apparently – well, no, they can catch. They're good running backs, but, like, they're not our best athletes. We need to be using Julian Barnett, Daryl Stewart, and all of them way more than, like, these, these players that we're trying to throw screen passes to. Like, they're not making things happen. Like, we need to get players that can make things happen. And we're just not doing that. I don't know. I agree, but – and then another thing you pointed out to me at the game that I forgot about, and I didn't realize it until I got home, was that play where we threw it to Jefferson that in the screen, and he dropped it, and you told yeah. me Barnett was wide open in the end zone. He was. I watched the replay. Yeah, that he was, was wide open on, like, some sort of, like, wheel go route. I don't know. He was wide open. Burned his man. That would have probably put us up – was that the drive we scored, or would that have – I'm trying to think. That might have no, I think that I, that may have been the drive when Connor Hayward it was fourth and one and and he and that may have been the drive when it was fourth and one and he didn't get the fourth down conversion. I don't think it was because that was on the other side. Of the Actually, no. This I was thought. later in the game. This was yeah, later in the game. This was, was this was on the field goal possession. I'm pretty sure. The last play of the game. Yeah. Okay. The no last way. possession before the last play of the game. Oh man, well, that's even worse. I'm um, pretty sure. Yeah. Man, what could have been two plays for Barnett, forty yards, and then a touchdown. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, no, that's one thing, dude. Like I haven't really thought about. We got to get that kick returning situation worked out because Yep, exactly. I mean, even when we put White back there, like that's risking a lot. That'd be like the Lions throwing out Kenny Galladay to go return punts. Like that's risky. Yep. But um yeah, nonetheless, now let's talk about what a lot of people want to hear. D'Antonio. <laughs> what are your thoughts about D'Antonio and the staff moving forward? Uh, personally, this is a tough one, man. 
I feel like under D'Antonio, we need an offensive line and we need a defense for his type of play style to work. But, like, regardless of that, all the success he's had, I feel like it's not on him at all. Because, okay, put, I'm confident in, in D'Antonio in big games at Ohio State, at Michigan. But when we come home, play teams like Arizona State or Northwestern, like, we always seem to lose. And that makes me question him. But I do not think he should be fired because of his big game success and, like, what he does to get his players motivated. And he's obviously a great coach, successful against Michigan, against James Franklin and Penn State, and has been one of the only teams in the Big Ten to be successful against Ohio State and win Big Ten championships. But he he fails to adapt, and he doesn't like to change, and I feel like that's coming back to haunt him, as we've seen the past few years. And I feel like he needs to change, not, not really himself, but the people around him, the coordinators and all that, because they make the calls, even though he can – he, he's that honcho. They make the calls. They they call the plays, and and they've been under him this whole time. So they're gonna play his style of offense, and that offense is kind of outdated. They've updated a little bit this year, but I feel like we need we need an explosive play caller that will actually use our athletes and use our playmakers to the advantage of our, of our team and help I, us score a lot more points. I agree, and I was gonna say like to all the people that are listening, like that's why me and MSU Sports today are gonna try and get some of the players on here to talk about like what needs to basically happen to take the next step on offense but what I was going to say is I don't think MSU would ever not that you said this but I don't think MSU would ever fire D'Antonio I think he would personally have to resign first kind of same with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan you know what I mean yeah um, exactly I, I honestly think I, I think Jim Harbaugh is a fireable coach <laughs> I mean he has been pretty if he doesn't win games he, too. besides for his recruits he all right he's not a fireable recruit uh, yeah. coach but He's definitely been underwhelming in Michigan. They haven't won big games, no Big Ten titles, none of that. But he he has been getting the recruits, and I feel like that will prevent Michigan from firing him. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, what the only thing I would say about Harbaugh that he has over D'Antonio, and I know this doesn't mean anything, is he doesn't really lose to the shitty teams if you look at Harbaugh. Like, and, I mean – That's true, but he doesn't win big games either. I understand that too. Like, that's the only thing I would say, like, I don't think Harbaugh would ever lose to Arizona State at home. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, but put it like this. He had no control of Army winning or losing that game. If Army made that field goal, they win the game. That was out oh, of his true. control. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, I agree with you in a sense, but he's kind of a choke artist as well. Not oh, I agree. I'm not a Harbaugh fan at all. I'm just saying, like, that was the only thing I think he'd have over D'Antonio right now, like, and yeah, recruiting, yeah. but that's it. Yeah, but, I agree. I agree. But I agree. Nonetheless, he's a clown, like, though. Yeah, like, and obviously, like, um, people are probably wondering, you know, if D'Antonio did, because I honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I heard a few, not, I don't want to say sources, but people were saying on Twitter, like that are knowledgeable that they could see it very well happening that D'Antonio resigns after this year. And the more I thought about it, like it could happen because he's going to be the most winning coach. Like he probably realizes, you know, all the fans chirping and everything, like it's time for him to go. Like if that does happen and he resigns, who who would be your best, I don't know, options out there to possibly who, replace them? Who would be what? The best options for Michigan State. If D'Antonio decided to resign after the season, who would be our best options, you know, to go out there and hire or throw the bag at? Obviously, for me, it would be Urban Meyer, but, like, yeah, that's not happening. That's Urban my Meyer's probably going to USC. Uh-huh. I honestly think he's going to go to USC, but outside of Urban Meyer – we're probably going to hire Pat Narduzzi, honestly. Yeah, I know. and it's. Yeah, I or mean, what do we know? Promote Brad Salem to head coach. <laughs> Dude, I would, like, literally, I'd light our freaking 
Oh my god, I'd light all my shit on fire if that's what we did. Yeah, like, that would be bad. But honestly, outside of those people, I don't know. Probably some like, uh, dude, Scott Frost would have been a good hire, but he's at Nebraska. Exactly, dude. That's who I wanted. That was my like guy, like who I wanted. It was either him or wait till next year and get Urban. But the only thing with Urban is, and I know people laugh when I say it, but you do too, honestly. But um, the only reason I could see like it may be happening, but I doubt it was, is because his hatred for Michigan. That's the only reason, yeah. but yeah. Um, and another name that nobody has really talked about, but they got mentioned was Luke fickle, who the, is the coach of Cincinnati, but I don't know if you'd want that one. Neither would I, <laughs> dude, honestly, a coach I would love to have at Michigan state is PJ Fleck. Yeah, but that's another thing you say with Harbaugh. He hasn't really won any big games in Minnesota yet, and he's in. Yeah, well, league. it's Minnesota. The man, the man gets his players motivated, and he's the type of he's the type of coach that at a bigger school with bigger like, with a bigger opportunity, with more money, with more facilities, better facilities, he would be able to get recruits to Michigan State. He's the type of guy that recruits would want to play for. And like he would be able to go out and do his own recruiting. That's like D'Antonio. He's not like that type of guy. He's more of like the head honcho. This guy doesn't say much, but you better listen when he says something. P.J. Fleck will be all out there sleeping at recruits' house, begging yeah. him to come, kind of like Harbaugh does. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's proven to work, but it's yeah. proven to like actually be successful. And I feel like he'd be a type of coach to do that and help us with our recruiting. But the thing I would say about D'Antonio, and you pointed this out to me, I didn't realize how our class was not that bad last year. Like, you know what I mean? With I didn't realize Barnett was that high of a recruit. I was obviously Dobbs, like, but – I mean, yeah, outside, yeah, it, like it wasn't was... a bad class. We always have hidden gems in our class, but I mean, like, it's always one or two high four stars, maybe three, and then yeah. a bunch of three stars and two stars and walk-ons. Yeah, and I honestly, don't... those three stars, two stars, and walk-ons have been better for us than those four stars in, uh-huh. in the past years. I don't and... mind. Like, I this is what I tell everyone. I don't really mind the stars. I just mind like not mind. The way I look at it is, I look at the offers they have. You know what I mean? If they're a four star, but they because there's a recruits in basketball, they'll be four stars. Like Gabe Brown was a four star. Many people don't know this. He, I don't see, dude. I don't even think he got offered by Michigan. Like he didn't really have a lot of offers. So there's yeah, dude. He 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 was he he really wanted that MSU offer. It took a yeah, while. That's what I'm saying. Like there's three stars where they'll have better offers. Like like I was telling you yesterday, Darius Snow's a, a lower four star or mid four star. He had probably better offers than half the five stars. Like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Look at mostly is the offers, but I mean, next year's class. That's what I mean you were talking about. Like, that is worrisome right now. I'd say <laughs> it's worrisome unless we have some some hidden gems like Le'Veon Bell, Kenny Wilkes, or some some of those type of players that Sleek Calhouns. Some of those gems that we can find, and maybe D'Antonio's finding them. But from outside looking in, it doesn't look too good. And I was going to tell you, say to you that I don't even think we have a running back committed. Dude, we never get – we've had the worst luck recruiting running backs. Oh, my God. I remember God. this one dude. I forget his name, but we've had plenty of yeah, dudes. No, high, I four stars, high four stars. High four stars. They're high on – we're high on their list. And it just never goes well. They no. never commit. I, I don't know what it is. I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name, but he ended up committing to Colorado. The four-star running back. It was like something with a J. I don't remember. But – No, I'm thinking of Cordarian Richards – Cordarian uh, – I can't remember his name, but yeah, he he he, yeah. It, it it's been it's it's been bad with recruiting yeah. running backs. It's been really bad. And um, 
last but not least, the last point before we go on and talk about the upcoming matchup with Northwestern. Northwestern, excuse me. The only thing I would say that a lot of people are probably wondering is what about that QB position going forward? Like, there's no QBs. What about who? The QB position going forward after this year because uh, we still don't have a quarterback committed for 2020. So we're going to have to figure that out. I know you're high on Theo Day as am I, but, I mean, they better not throw it at throw the towel in and freaking give Rocky the job. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree, dude. Theo Day has a lot of potential, a lot of high praise, a lot of high praise for him from from coaches and other players, but, like, he's got the body type. He's huge. If you see him at games, he's huge. Yeah, I agree. Um, And he has an arm. He, he's really got an arm. He's one of those quarterbacks that will not be afraid to throw the deep ball, which we need. I, I just hope that he doesn't get wasted, kind of how Michigan's wasting, like, uh, Christian McCaffrey, or excuse me, Dylan McCaffrey at quarterback. Yep, exactly. But, um, yeah, now um, preview. Dude, I, I've been thinking, like, D'Antonio, like, I respect Harbaugh for doing this, saying, like, hey, we're not going to only play one quarterback. And I think to, it's to prevent Dylan McCaffrey from transferring. He's good, dude. I, I think I think D'Antonio needs to start doing that with, like, Theo Day or someone before we lose a high quarterback recruit uh-huh. to transfer. Because well, I, I could definitely see that happening. That's what I was telling you. I mean, that's why I was asking you about the QB position because we still don't have anyone committed for 2020. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's a big deal. Like, there's some teams that they'll have two guys committed. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, Dude, I think we put Rocky a linebacker. That man is huge. <laughs> I don't – yeah. I'm All-state to... wrestler. Yeah. Probably the strongest player on the team, honestly. And even fullback when they throw him in for, like, wildcat. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But, um, yeah, that meant – yeah. Yeah. I don't think he should be the QB, though. But we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah, now everyone's probably wondering, what, what do we have ourselves into this upcoming week, week with Northwestern? Um, all I would say, guys, is they're – I don't know if you know this, but their quarterback this – obviously they lost Clayton Thornton – Clayton Thorson, excuse me, to the NFL. Um, and Hunter Johnson is the transfer that's starting – he was the backup to Trevor Lawrence, excuse me, Kelly Bryant, when he got beat out in 2017, I want to say. And he obviously sat out last year. Now he's starting for Northwestern. So what do you, do you like our shot this week? Or excuse me, our chances this week? Or what do you think happens? Um, put it like this. We're not, using, we're not losing a fourth straight year to Northwestern. I, I just don't see that happening. I feel like our offense is going to be absolutely pissed. D'Antonio is going to be pissed. Our defense is going to do its usual thing. But I really think our offense, Dobbs is going to play, Barnett's going to play. I think we're going to start taking shots downfield and doing a lot more things and utilizing a lot more players that we haven't been doing in the past. Essentially to prove a point that we got to pick it up. We got to change in order to be successful in a Big Ten championship or else if we don't, it's going to be – not saying a 2016 year, but it, it could damn well be a 2018 year where we go seven and six if we don't change. Yeah, and another thing I would point out, and I know you're you're probably going to disagree with me, me on this, but this team kind of reminds me of the 2017 Michigan team. Remember when? They, I mean, not that Lurkies as bad as John O'Corn, but they had an absolutely dominant defense, and they just they had outside weapons and Donovan Peoples Jones, you know, Tariq Black. Um, they had. I don't remember exactly who the running back was that year, but what I'm saying is they had a lot of weapons on the outside and a dominant defense, but they just never could put it together on the offensive side, like at that QB position and the O-line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, that's kind of the same as our team right now. Yeah, dude, I think the only flaw in our offense is our offensive line, and that, that in part due to injuries, but 
I think if we start Julian Barnett with Lurkey, Elijah Collins, Cody White, Daryl Stewart, and Julian Barnett running that offense, I think we could be one of the most explosive teams in the Big Ten. I, I really do. If we start changing our play calling and becoming explosive, I really do. This team has a lot of potential. We just need to start using our players that are best fit. Yeah, I agree. And I was going to say about um, uh, Barnett is you've, you've been on him a while. Like, I mean, obviously a lot of people knew who he was coming as a four-star, but I, I didn't know like how good he would be from adjusting the corner to receiver. But, I mean, it seems like it's time to put him in now, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Look at what he did in the game against Arizona State. They gave him one shot. Yeah. But they got what they needed, and then they took him out. <laughs> yeah, that's the definition of Michigan State for you these past few years, and it really pisses me off. I, I don't understand why that man is not in every single play. He's one of the, if not the best athlete on our team, and he's not playing every single snap. It's because he's a freshman. That, that's the only reason to it. That, that's what makes me think Devontae Dobbs may be our best offensive lineman, but we don't use him because he's a we freshman. We don't know. None of us know. It's like, it's like, it's like, and we don't rising. know because it happens over and over again. And I know. Like people are gonna laugh at me for this, but it's basically the Devontae Dobbs mystery is like the Kawhi Leonard recruitment mystery. No one knew where he was going, and then it's same with Dobbs. No one knows what to expect. Um, I mean, I keep in touch with them a little bit, but I mean, the guy's got to be pissed. You know, we're gonna try to get him on here and talk about it. Um, sooner or later, but yeah, nonetheless, obviously, let's move on to Northwestern and talk about the keys to winning this week. Um. Obviously, you mentioned it. We're going to need to get the ball downfield. I think we're going to – I think, you know what we should do? And I was telling – I honestly was telling Lewerke this. We should run a flea flicker and then throw Barnett in there. I mean, maybe that fooled uh, Northwestern defense. Run a flea flicker – excuse me, flea flicker. Um, throw it deep. I mean, that might be an easy touchdown. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. I It just pisses me off. Like, And I know you you – you're big on us running the slants over the middle, but I just think we should be utilizing the outside weapons down the field. Yeah, Not exactly. Like- I think I think down the field passes and, and slants. I, I really do believe in slants with this team, specifically because we have strong-handed receivers and big-bodied receivers that won't be afraid to make the catch and body through the defenders. But, yeah, throwing the ball downfield. Cody White last year versus Northwestern Arizona State. You see when we throw the ball downfield, it's a touchdown or a pass. Oh, yeah. Same with Luis Nelson last year against Northwestern. He may have dropped it or may have caught it, but there was like a 50-yard pass from Luke to Nelson. Mm-hmm. But if you look at past films, every time we throw the ball downfield, 75%, 75% of the time something good happens. It either keeps the defense honest, a flag is thrown, or we have a completion for 40-plus yards. And, and I don't know why we don't do it. I, I really don't. But, like, with the weapons we have, especially if we play Barnett. That man is fast, athletic, and tall. He's a lot taller than many of you guys think. And throwing the ball deep downfield him on like a flea flicker or a stunt and go route would be would be majestical for this offense, and it's something we really need. And, and if we don't pull it out of the playbook this week, I don't know when we will. Yeah, and I was going to tell – well, the reason why I mentioned a flea flicker is because – not that it matters, but I know damn sure we haven't ran a flea flicker in forever, so it wouldn't be on film. They wouldn't be expecting it. That's why I threw that up. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah, catch exactly. off guard with Barnett, who's never in there. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, but like, Dude, yeah, I like, honestly feel like we're saving Barnett for Michigan. I think, I think that MSU coaching staff is saving everything for Michigan. I, I don't know why. I just have a feeling every yeah, year we do something stupid. different against Michigan, like, something special. That's basically like what Luke was just saying. They were freaking filming us, or excuse me, watching filming us for all last year. Like, I mean, I, I mean, it's awesome. You like. 
you know, I, I want to beat Michigan just as bad as everyone else, but we shouldn't be focused on just that one game. You know what I mean? Like, I understand you're saying, oh, we'll bring out the bag of tricks then, but why not now? It's already – it's going to be too late if we lose this one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, nonetheless. Um, exactly. What else was I saying? Oh, yeah, about the O-line. How you were saying it's a weak – or wait, were you saying it's a weakness or something? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, but- it's our one weakness of our offense. That, that's it. And I, and I think it has potential, but the injuries, it's, it's bad. It's, it's really bad right now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is the one matchup I do, I do think we have a big advantage this week is our D-line against Hunter Johnson because, I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but, um, oh, God, what's his name? Pat Fitzgerald mentioned in the press conference today that um, he believes, and he said it straight up, that Michigan State is the best defense in the country. So, I mean, that's high praise. If he believes that, then. You know, our defense should shut that matchup down with Johnson. Hopefully. Yeah, well, yeah, well, he's obviously going to say that as an opposing coach. He's not one to go out there and say, oh, I think we can beat this defense. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, but yeah I, agree. I, I do think our D line is going to wreak havoc on their O line, especially Kenny Wilkes and Jacob Panashuk. Jacob Panashuk is going to be a breakout player this year. He showed and it Mike. against Tulsa, I believe, a lot, and Western. Uh, Western, we didn't get much pressure, but he showed it against Tulsa. And I feel like if he can keep up his game, it will not only help the team, but it will help Kenny. Because then less pressure will be less less people will be focused on Kenny and they'd be focused on Raekwon, Mike, and Jacob. So they won't be able to double team anyone and it'll just be an unstoppable D line. And I think getting pressure on the QB is a big key to our defense. And you know what else I was gonna say? Like that no one's brought up and mentioned. I'm surprised. I just thought about this. In twenty seven or yeah, seventeen yeah. when we went ten and three, which I mean that was a good year, let's say after the three and nine year. I remember Bocce was getting a lot of sacks and rushing the QB. I haven't seen Bocce or any of the linebackers rush the QB in two years. You know what I mean? Like, I don't – I mean, I mean that would have helped on that last play Saturday when we ran. Yeah, exactly. When three. we rushed three, took two timeouts just to rush three people, something we haven't done in, in years. I just don't know why we don't rush the linebackers anymore. Um, yep. I mean, yep. what, I, what's funny to me, what's funny to me is – our defense has been has been has been absolutely amazing these last 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 few years. When we don't change it up, we haven't changed the defense up. It's continuously been a top top fifteen, top ten defense in the country. Top so 10. the one play when we need a stop, we change it up and look what happened. Now now let's look at the offense. These last few years have been terrible. We we don't change it up. It's continuously terrible. We put Barnett in, we throw downfield one time, it's successful. Then what do we do after we get what we need? We stop. Like, like why <laughs> stop doing what, what, what works and keep doing what doesn't work? Rather than and then on defense, we did what was unproven instead of what has been proven to work these last few years. And then they get a big fourth and thirteen conversion, which ended up leading to them winning the game. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, you'll probably laugh, but I, I think of it as like the water cycle. It's just the same cycle over and over with the offense. Bounce back, bounce back. I'm getting tired of <laughs> I hate that. that bounce back mentality bullshit. Every player's posted that. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my God. Every year. I, mean, I love it, but at the same time, it gets old. I've seen it enough. <laughs> I mean, dude, I just remember last year was the same mentality after Arizona State. Bounce back at Indiana. We did bounce back, but, like, it's just annoying, guys. We've lost, I want to say – one of the first four games for like what six straight years. I mean, it's frustrating to lose the teams we should. This is an exact replica of 2013. Seven and six, the two years before, lost a non-conference game. Uh huh. 
in part due to the refs. Because if you look at that Notre Dame game, 2013, those eight pass interference calls, half of them were bullcrap. And, I was and then you look you. at the Arizona State non-conference game, kind of got screwed by the refs. So don't count this season out. I'm telling you guys, this team is something special if the offense can pick it up. And I was going to say about Notre Dame in 13 that everyone forgets is, I mean, basically that win was vacated. So, I mean, we should have been in the next Yeah, yeah, we, we were technically 13 to know that year. Yeah, <laughs> they just got those wins vacated. And I think they beat us like 13 to 7. Dude, imagine if the playoff was in 2013. I, I think we could have won it. I think we could have the year before the playoff. Well, yeah, I was going to say we would we would have been – we would have played Florida State. The year yeah, we won. finished number three. We finished number yeah. three. But, I mean, I think we were better than Auburn that year, but Florida State was really good. If you go, Yeah, dude, that would have been a tough game. Yeah. But, um, nonetheless, yeah, about Northwestern, like we were saying, um, we definitely have the advantage on the defensive side of the ball. QB position, we should have the advantage. The rookie's a fifth-year senior. He is a fifth-year senior. I think he's a red shirt. Um, and it's just going to come down to what D'Antonio loves to say, players executing. That's what it's going to come down to, though, honestly. Yep. That's his favorite line, though, honestly, dude. I almost died when I sent you that when he said, um, I think the coaches did fine. It was just about the execution. I mean, that was a freaking joke. <laughs> dude, um, dude, I feel bad for our players this week. I, I have too. never seen D'Antonio be disrespectful to another coach at the midfield after a game. He was <laughs> absolutely pissed. I really do think, like like before the Western game, when he fired up the O-line in the offense, they answered. I think this time he he's not holding back, dude. They're going to see a side of D'Antonio that they've never seen. And I, I really do think that if this doesn't change, this may be D'Antonio's last year just because of – frustration and he's accomplished everything he's needed to but like i think this team will bounce back for sure under his home because he he wants it you can tell he really wants it this year that's i was gonna say too is um it's not even that he wants it he just knows they need to because the fan base is getting so fed up with him you know not not him as much it's just more like his decision to not fire the staff when i mean let's be honest like some of these coaches probably couldn't get a job at, you know, Rutgers if they needed to. Not Salem. But yeah, like yeah. Warner. And, and, like, going back – yeah, going back to, like, the 2016 year, like, when we went 39, he was like, oh, that was a fluke. The fans were like, oh, that was a fluke. 2017, we bounced back. So, hey, we thought 2016 was a fluke. Then 2018 comes around, another disappointing year. And now 2019, where fans are thinking it's another disappointing year and Antonio's kind of getting that feeling that this fluke is turning into a reality – He's starting yeah. to get heated up. He's starting to get fired up, and he's starting to realize that things do need to change because it hasn't been – it's been, what, 10 years since we've – 12, 13, 14 years since we've gone back-to-back-to-back seasons of just being mediocre. Oh, yeah. Since probably – I mean, we were shitty in 2012 when we went to the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, but like you said, the next three years we were – Dude, dude honestly, I think 2012, we had a good team. We lost a lot of games by a very, very small margin. And – like, like I said, though, like the reason why we sucked. Look at the QB position that year. I think we had Andrew Maxwell, right? Yep, Andrew Maxwell. <laughs> wasted, wasted Le'Veon Bell. I yeah, mean, yeah. Great. Another good defensive team, too. Yeah, but like you said. And then I that, think we beat TCU in that bowl game like 14-13 or something. It was, yeah. it was, we came back in the end. It was a really good game. Yeah, but um, yeah, nonetheless, um, uh, I mean, what else do you think we have to talk about about Northwestern? I'm trying to think. Uh, dude, I think their defense is underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a good linebacker. They got good D line, really good D lineman. Uh, Secondary is decent. Secondary is decent. Mm-hmm. But, I just um, think they always come to play against us. Patty Fisher always coaches well against us. It's gonna be tough, especially at Northwestern. 
Yeah, and I was going to say, like you mentioned earlier, like this this is probably one of the biggest games for D'Antonio that people aren't talking about in a while because, I mean, a lot of people forget if we do lose it, it is his fourth straight year of losing to Northwestern. You know yep. what I mean? Like that that's yeah. just not acceptable. Like that'd be us like losing to Nebraska in basketball like four straight years. Like it's just not I mean, granted they're a little bit better than that, but you get the point, guys. Kinda like, like us with Indiana basketball right now. We've kinda struggled with them recently. Yeah, but I mean I mean Northwestern's a little bit better though, be you know what I mean? Indiana didn't even make the tournament. But I I get what you're saying. I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I mean, we can give our score predictions and all that. Um, um, I think I, I have, and I don't think I have Michigan State winning this game, twenty-seven to twenty-one. But I'm still, I'm still hoping that the offense. I'm not saying an explosion like the Western game, but somewhere in between the Western and Tulsa game, I think the the offense can maintain. And hopefully pull out twenty seven to twenty one. What about you? What do you think happens uh, Saturday? Um, for me, my prediction. I think, I think this is going to be another game like after Tulsa, where the team's fired up, ready to go. The offense is pissed, but I think this one's going to last. I think, I think after that Arizona State open, it opened our coaches' eyes. It opens our offensive players' eyes. It opens our team's eyes, our team's eyes, honestly. And I think that this team is. <laughs> I think we're gonna come out to play. We're gonna start. We're gonna start pulling out the playbook, the real playbook that apparently we haven't seen because <laughs> I know it's been Tulsa, Western, and Arizona State. But look what happens when you don't use it. Um, I think we're gonna pull it out. I think we're we're gonna say this is enough. We're gonna start using our players. We're right. gonna start utilizing our best players, our best athletes like Barnett and Dobbs. I really think they're gonna play this week, and I, I I'm predicting. I'm predicting 31-10. I really think we're going to wow. come out and kill them. Wow. That's a bold prediction. No, I, I really do. I, I think our defense is going to be pissed, and I think our offense is going to not not only just play better, but mm-hmm. utilize the playbook and the players better. Yeah, I mean, this is like – I mean, I, I mean, in all honesty, if we win this game comfortably, we'll probably jump back into the rankings, I yeah. assume. But, yeah. I mean, this could jumpstart the whole year, guys. If we win this game comfortably – you never know. I mean, I know this is really far out of the way, but we run the table like anything's possible. You never know. Um, yeah, I, running the table is, is a far stretch, but if we have wins at Ohio State, at Michigan, at Wisconsin, a win at home against Penn State, a win at home against Maryland, and then another win in the Big Ten Championship against Wisconsin or Iowa, a one-loss team with a loss in the beginning of the year, there's there's no way we're not getting in the playoffs, but yeah, but like that's how, a far stretch. That that's out of the that's out of reach right now. We oh, have not proven oh, ourselves yet. But. You gotta, like James Franklin says, uh, Northwestern, Northwestern, one and zero. He likes going one and zero by the week. But I I mean, if that did happen, guys, the worst case scenario, absolute worst, we would get the Rose Bowl, and I don't think any of the fans would be mad about that. But um, yeah, that's all we got for today. Um, leave your Instagram name, bro, so they can follow you. MSU Sports today, baby. <laughs> all right, guys. So from now on, it's going to be me and him doing these. Um, hopefully, you all enjoy them, and we'll be back. I don't know. Hopefully, this week to do another one, right? Talk about the game or something. Yep. Hopefully, this week. And yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna, we promise you guys, we're gonna get a lot of players on here in the future. So stay yeah, tuned. Yeah, for, for sure, that. a lot of players. Yep, that's happening for sure. All right, bet. So all right, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. All right, peace. Peace.